0: Gary Gensler is having a terrible week. There are a number of reasons for this, which we're going to talk about in this video. I'm also going to tell you why it could get a lot worse based on things that are about to happen. Also, we have Binance pushing back yesterday against the SEC. And of course, the moment we've been waiting 18 months for, the Hinman emails and docs dropping today. Now, as always, I have some decent perspective, but what I really want to Hit a home run. I bring on a guest who has a hell of a lot more than me. That is John Rice, the the, uh, editor-in-chief of Blockworks and just one of the best personalities in the space. I can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say after I make this case against Gary Gensler and hashtag, of course, fire Gary Gensler. You guys don't want to miss this. Let's go. Let's go. What is up, everybody? I'm Scott Melker, also known as the wolf of all streets. Before we get started, please subscribe to the channel and cry tears of laughter onto that like button. We're laughing because we have a moment of respite, a moment of fun in the midst of an absolutely miserable attack on the crypto space where we're seeing some more legitimate pushback against the one and only Gary Gensler. Now, you guys may have seen yesterday that hashtag fire Gary Gensler was trending. On Twitter as a result of Warren Davidson and Tom Emmer putting forth an act that could potentially get Gary fired. Now, I don't think that's actually going to be happening, to be honest with you. I think it's probably political maneuvering, but at least we can take our victory lap while we can. But I've been tweeting fire Gary Gensler" almost every morning for the last week. I asked everyone to tweet it and we got it trending. So I feel like I'm a very important part of this movement And you guys should remember that when the SEC comes for me and puts me in the gulag. I hope that you guys will write me letters, send me razor blades and candy when uh, they come for me. But as I said, guys, there's a lot of reasons that Gary's been having a bad week. Number one, of course, which we will talk about, is that the Third Circuit orders the SEC to brief why it shouldn't retain jurisdiction over Coinbase's mandamus petition. We'll get into that. Twitter put a community note on one of Gary's tweets. News broke that he applied to work for Binance in 2019. Woo, bad week. The House has a pending bill to fire him, and the majority Whip posts about it with hashtag fire Gary Gensler and multiple House committees looking at legislation to regulate crypto, which generally excludes the SEC. And you would think that maybe that would be all the news we have this week because, you know, it's going to be a boring week, but no. As you may remember yesterday, and I wrote it in the newsletter, Tuesday, today, in general, is a huge day. Of course, I just mentioned that SEC is ordered to respond But we also have the U.S. District Court in D.C. to hold a 2 p.m. hearing on SEC temporary restraining order request against Binance U.S. And Binance U.S. has been pushing back. Today is the day. Internal SEC documents and communications regarding Bill Hinman's 2018 speech on Ethereum's decentralization expected to be unsealed in the Ripple case. The irony there is that most people are waiting for these documents to be unsealed at this point because they want to hear if Ethereum is a security and they don't really care about what's happening with Ripple. Of course, we also have a House Financial Service Committee 2 p.m. hearing titled The Future of Digital Assets, providing clarity for the digital asset ecosystem and the public comment period closing for SEC's proposed changes to exchange definition under the Exchange Act, potentially impacting decentralized finance applications. Did everybody catch all of that? Did you take notes? Did you take a breath? It is absolutely insane what is happening right now with this news cycle. Before we move on, I obviously have to mention that we are sponsored proudly by OKX, And more importantly, I'm going to Silverstone for the British Grand Prix and to film a commercial with OKX that I'm going to be in and I'm going to get to visit the McLaren headquarters. And it's just worth it for all that. It's going to be absolutely amazing. But let's dive in. First of all, we did see that the Hinman emails, I just want to mention, were starting to come out. This is Exhibit 210. I asked John Rice about it, who I'm going to bring on uh, in a little while. Uh, He said this is actually still out and that by 11 a.m. we should get clarity. We will discuss that more going on. But the first reason that Gary's having a bad week, U.S. court gives SEC one week to respond to Coinbase's rulemaking petition. Now, guys, this is really complicated, right? And at the very basic level... This is where you've seen that Coinbase has asked the SEC for clarity on whether these assets are securities or commodities, and the SEC has basically not given any clarity. Now a judge said that they have to respond within a week, but they do not have to respond whether these assets are commodities or securities. We don't even know if that's their job or if that's the job of legislators. What we do know is that the SEC basically has to come back and say if they will or won't do this or will honor this, it's semantics, but either way, we're getting much closer to Gary and the SEC being forced to give some sort of clarity and answer. Number two is that Twitter adds a community note to US SEC chair Gensler's tweet. You may have seen this. Gensler, Coinbase's alleged failures deprive investors of critical protections, including rule books that prevent fraud and manipulation, proper disclosure, safeguards against conflicts of interest and routine inspection by the SEC. And then they got hit with the community note. Coinbase has repeatedly attempted to get guidance and include the SEC. Recently, Coinbase has had to sue to attempt to get simple clarity over the issues of that this tweet alleges Coinbase is guilty of. Yes, I tongue twisted that into oblivion, but you get the idea. Getting corrected by Twitter. And then, of course, maybe the biggest bombshell that made me LOL dying and I'm dead Binance lawyers allege SEC Chair Gensler offered to serve as advisor to crypto company in 2019. That crypto company, of course, being Binance, allegedly met with CZ to discuss this, made some claims that potentially he could, you know, help them out because he understood regulation, had some inside connections. Guys, we know how that's things work in Washington. Now, after doing this in 2019, coming after the very companies... That he tried to get a job for. I mean, and also back in that day, we have quite a few pieces of evidence that maybe Goldman-Gary here had a different opinion as a private citizen and MIT lecturer than he does as a regulator. And the question, listen, people are allowed to have uh, strong opinions loosely held. So maybe he just changed his mind or maybe he became a politician is angling for a better job and is doing what he thinks will be politically popular to get that job, which is probably Janet Yellen. I don't think that Gary Genzer believes a single thing that he's saying right now I think he's super embarrassed by his relationship with SBF how they failed to save to save American citizens from the pain that came with FTX and his relationship with SBF and now they're overcompensating and pushing back in the other direction I mean look at some things that Gary said back in the day let's check this out you'll hear debates about initial coin offerings and what's a security the beginning yeah, of the you
1: already know in the US and in many other jurisdictions that three quarters of the market are not ICOs or not what we called securities, even in the US, Canada, and Taiwan, the three jurisdictions that follow something similar to the Howey test that we've talked about. Here it comes. Three Listen. quarters of the market is non-securities. It's just a commodity, a cash crypto.
0: Non-securities, a commodity, a cash crypto. Oh, it's got to be like out of context, right? He would never say 70% things like that. 70 percent of the crypto market is Bitcoin,
1: Ether, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash. Why did I name those four? They're not securities.
0: Right. But I mean like Algorand, which is one of the ones they've named in every single suit. That has to be a security. I mean, it's terrible. We hate
1: it, right? I mean, now obviously. He's Algorand. Uh, he's a professor over in the computer science and AI lab at Turing award winner. He's got a company that has an interesting, interesting thing. It's like a jury selection. It's like picking somebody for the jury uh, that's that's picking this short group of 12 nodes that might do something. Uh, and every block has that selection process, but then there's another broader group that then can check the work of the jury. So often there's kind of a second uh, automated way uh, because trust isn't there. Trust. ensuring that there's a quick trust. second check. Did they decide guiltier or innocent correctly, uh, so to speak? Uh, again, I apologize if I'm a little oversimplifying Silvio's brilliant work, but I mean, it's Sylvia's brilliant work. He's
0: brilliant. It's a great idea. It's all about trust, guys. All about trust. Gary loved this shit. Let's be real, until he got a job where he, and he loved it so much that SBF became like his best friend. Yeah, yeah, come in and register. The only guy who he allowed to actually come in and try to register was SBF, and obviously we know that they were working together to come up with sensible regulation for the market that also would have given protection to FTX. But let's not get down the road of conspiracy theory, because it's not conspiracy theory, it's literally transparent. But it gets worse. It gets worse for this guy. Representative Davidson introduces SEC Stabilization Act to remove chair Gary Gensler. This is where we got the fire, Gary Gensler. It's awesome. And simply proposing this structure. Gary, with the face cross, he goes down. And the commissioners come up. This would give people like Hester Peirce more power. There are a lot of sensible people at the SEC who hate Gary Gensler, who believe differently, who think we should have safe harbor, and sensible uh, sensible legislation. But yeah, guys, if you didn't know, of course, because Misha producer is a legend, we said, Hey Misha, we need to talk to Warren Davidson tomorrow on spaces. And he made that happen. So at 10 30 AM Eastern standard time, Warren Davidson is coming to discuss this on Twitter spaces, but yeah, guys, it's pretty bad. I mean, this is what Warren Davidson recently had had to say about Gary Gensler before even proposing this act Your record of failures.
1: To protect investors and abuses of power make it clear that we need to
0: restructure the Securities and Exchange Commission. The failures are many, but let me cite some of the abuses. You average more than two rules proposals a month. You
1: inappropriately provide inappropriately short comment periods. You Uh have unworkable and unlawful ESG closure mandates on the market. Uh You have essentially a Hotel California rule for crypto where you can check in anytime you like, but you can never leave. You have endless
0: discovery with no resolution and no clarity for the captives. Uh, No, and I'm just going to go ahead and remove that. It's a lot. It's a lot. But we know that Warren Davidson doesn't have much love for him. And finally, the last thing that we discussed there in that list, multiple House committees looking at legislation to regulate crypto, which generally excludes the SEC. So, guys, the Hinman docs today could be wildly painful for Gary Gensler. Now, let's be clear. The Ripple case comes from the John Clayton era at the SEC, But Gary Gensler inherited it, and he certainly doesn't want any precedent that these assets are not securities. Guys, it's time. I'm going to bring on John Rice right now. We're going to discuss all this. He can give us more clarity on what's happening on that last one. John, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Scott. How are you? Okay, that was a lot, right? Uh, Not a little.
2: (laughs) There's plenty to go on, isn't there?
0: There is. And so listen, that last one, four things to know about crypto legislation as Congress comes back in session this week. We, largely, this is hinting at the fact that Congress is not happy that the SEC has all this power, potentially pushing towards the CFTC, which strangely is what uh, Sam Bankman-Fried also seemed to want to do, right? The industry has long favored the CFTC as a regulator over the SEC, especially with this regime. But what's happening here specifically, what could happen on this... Angle that could reduce the power of the SEC and Gary Gensler.
2: Well, uh, first off, the um, I, I think this uh, the 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 bill that's being advanced potentially here um, is is something that would reduce the SEC's power and basically hand over control of spot trading in the crypto industry to the CFTC. Uh, and this is coming from Majority um, to Whip Tom Emma, along with Warren Davidson. They're calling it the SEC Stabilization Act. And the, the the kind of key point here is is as you outlined in the graphic, um, it would stop one political party from having an overall majority on the SEC. So there would be three commissioners from one party, or no more than three commissioners, no more than three commissioners from the from the second party. And and the point there is as as Davidson kind of point uh, points out to reduce the power of a tyrannical chairman, and that's what he describes Gary Gensler as in this uh, in this potential bill. He talks about the abuses of power. He talks about firing Gary Gensler. And the whole point here, I think, is to um, kind of, what they're saying is that Gensler has politicized this this industry, uh, failing to note that crypto is actually a neutral technology, and instead imputing motive to people who have uh, political kind of ideals around whether or not people should be allowed to, uh, you know, find financial freedom, whether that be through crypto or other
0: Okay, let me take the other side of this, because I think it's important to understand the other side of the argument. Let's say that Gary Gensler is completely rational here that all of these assets are actually securities, and it's the legislators fault that he doesn't have clarity. So when the only tool you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Is there an argument here that what Gary Gensler is doing is his mandate is his job, and it's actually the job of these Congress and senators to come up with definitions for these assets?
2: Well, I think it's a perfectly fair argument to make, but um, the way he's defining security is very circular. You know, and in fact, you know, if, if I think Gary Gensler was to go after certain protocols, certain tokens and token issuers, and say, you're a security, you're a security, you're a security, that would provide a lot of clarity to the exchanges that he's going after right now. So he's going after Binance and saying, you're, you're working with unregistered securities, and he's going after Coinbase, which has tried very hard, I think, to be compliant. And he's saying you're listing unregistered securities. But since he's at no point actually gone after these particular to- uh, token protocols uh, and said you're a security and and made that clear to the exchanges, he's put them in an impossible position. How can you run a crypto exchange without securities if you don't know which ones are and are not securities? So again, I mean, Gensler, really, his, his, his agenda and the way he's acted is in bad faith.
0: I think that's the key term, the one that we keep using. It's in bad faith. If you have good faith on both sides, then at least you can come to an agreement if you fundamentally disagree with the other person. But it's sort of this meme of come in and register, and then the industry laughs and says, I'm supposed to hit a button on the website. There's no way to register. The exchanges can't get clarity. So it seems like he's being purposely vague in an effort to never have to answer anything. And as long as there is no mandate from Congress or someone else, he can do that because there's nobody cracking down on him and nobody's stopping him he basically has unlimited power in his little arena as long as nobody makes a move to stop him which they can't do without yeah, congressional yeah. theory I
2: and mean, the big problem here is that it what he's doing now is tying up these cases in the courts and they're going to be tied up for years you know if if one of these court uh, uh, cases goes to the supreme court we're talking five six possibly even seven years before there's some kind of clarity and there's a body of thought. There are people out there who think very strongly that what he's trying to do here is extend regulatory uncertainty for as long as possible. Now, what would your motivation be to do that? Um, he's an ex Goldman guy. Traditional finance is, has been slow to respond to this technological breakthrough and the stuff that we have going on in crypto. They are they're surprised. They, they don't understand DeFi. So you've got lots of kind of uh, reasons why perhaps he would want to slow down progress. But that progress is not going to get slowed down in other countries. There uh, was, it was a, a brief yesterday um, in which it was alleged that essentially his security ex- uh, exchange definition would lead to the de facto expatriation of all DeFi from the United States. And the idea that you know we're not allowed as Americans to build an alternative financial system in which ordinary people can participate, well, frankly, I uh, think that's bullshit. And I think most people in our industry do too.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's somewhat clear here. You want to laugh? Let's watch. Uh, let's take a look at a video together of greatest hits of Gensler in front of Congress. These are these are fun.
1: Welcome to the testimony of Gary Gensler, Chair of the Securities Exchange Commission. I'm asking a specific question: Is ether a commodity? or security. And again, it depends on the facts and the law. I'm asking you a very simple question about the second largest digital asset. Congress has said that there's one agency that Securities and Exchange Commission under. And you won't answer my question and you're the head of that agency. What about Ethereum? Is Ethereum now a security? Uh, We had this. I heard your exchange. They've been in place since 2015. You say in your statements that there's clarity in the market and the rules are clear. Just come on in. You can't even answer the question. Did you, the SEC, perform any of that cost benefits analysis internally? So the, the SEC looked at, I think, over 6,000 public registers. So that's a yes. I should statements. I would like to see those documents provided immediately. Are you willing to do that then? I'm, I'm a firm believer in congressional oversight. I know that I'm not Sounds like we now have an understanding that you're going to actually send us your analysis. So I know that the- Yes or no? Well, I know that our staffs are working with- We have a staffs. minute. Yes or no? And I believe in congressional oversight and I need Okay.
2: Okay. All right, we're moving on. You've shortcut a lot of the Administrative Procedures Act. It appears that what you're wanting to do is hurry things along before Congress can have its due oversight. And you as an agency have chosen to stonewall obfuscate and not do your job there's a lack of clarity here
1: in the marketplace can you at least agree to that i think that the clarity is there the law is
0: clear right okay but listen that that's a cute video right but should we feel we feel bad the for the guy game. i i've only watched that and i
2: feel a little bad it's like cringeworthy. <laughs> i don't feel bad for the guy but i don't think he's going to resign i think you're going to have to stick with with fire garrick Ensler He's not,
0: uh, not going to get fired. Yeah. I mean, right, this is, let's be honest, this is, I think this is, uh, well, I mean, it would have to eventually get to the, through the Democratic Senate and through the president, right?
2: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to remember that, uh, you know, a liability at the ballot box doesn't last very long on Capitol Hill. And there are, I mean, my sources tell me he is an extremely unpopular man, not just with these Republicans who are trying to oust him, but his chances of getting Janet Yellen's job are zero. Uh, he's just, he's not, he's not liked. He's considered to be arrogant. He's considered to be overreaching. He's considered to be somebody who uh, is ambitious beyond his, I, I don't know about his intellect, but, but certainly beyond his mandate. And, and I just don't think people like it. Um, so, so yeah, whether he gets, I mean, I can't see him getting the treasury job. I can see him eventually get an ousted when he becomes a, enough of a vote loser for the Democrats, that they have to jettison him.
0: Okay, let's talk about that. So I think that he is clearly a vote loser in the crypto community. Mm-hmm. Does that matter? Are we big enough? Is that impactful? Because listen, I've seen the numbers, you know, 108 million customers on Coinbase in 2022, mm-hmm. add in Binance, add in all the other exchanges, people, but I've made the argument that most of those people hate us. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, I don't think just because you have a Coinbase account that you have a favorable view of crypto, and it's your uh, and it's your one thing that you're going to vote on. Right. I think we're a very, very small community, but it only takes very small communities in particular places to swing elections.
2: Well, it's small, loud, and wealthy. That's what that's what it really comes down to. But the the problem, of course, goes all the way back to SPF and the fact that even now, if you want to have any kind of political leverage on Capitol Hill as a crypto uh, lobbying firm or association. You have to deal with the legacy of the fact that SBF had become close with numerous politicians uh, on both sides of the aisle, and that his team was donating to Republicans while he was donating to Democrats, and claiming that he was doing uh, dark money uh, kind of contributions to Republicans as well on both. Bribing sides. Chinese, bribing Chinese officials. I mean, he's done it all. <laughs> the guy knew how to get along in life, didn't he? Until he didn't, but. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that at some point, someone's going to turn around and say, look, th- this, this community is, is loud. Um, this is becoming a, politi- a politicized issue, and we're on the wrong side of it. And you know, at the end of the day, the, the really sad thing about all of this is that it shouldn't be political. You know, t- Crypto is a technology. Technology is neutral. People are good or bad. How you use crypto, how you d- decide to, you know, whether you go out and try and exploit investors the way Gary Gensler is saying some of these people are doing, or whether you're trying to build something for the good of humanity, he's treating it all the same. But at some point, we have to remember this is neutral. And I think, you know, the, the political uh, climate in the US is just so toxic now that you can't, you, you literally can't even talk about a neutral technology without being on one or the other side. Um, whether the Democrats see this as a losing issue or not, that's going to kind of determine whether Gary Gensler still has a job in 18 months. Right. And he
0: won't have a job much past that anyways, because his term will be up. Right. And so I think there's so many ways that Gary loses his job. Right. I mean, it's either, like you said, push back and he effectively just gets fired. He resigns. I think there's definitely the chance that he quietly moves on to another job and it's positioned as a career move that he's chosen to make, you know, the old I left, uh, I I break up with you before you break up with me, Maneuver. But uh, either way, SEC commissioners, SEC chair people, generally on average only last two years. Not because they get fired, because they're politically ambitious. Maybe they're liked. Maybe they go get a job in the private sector. I mean, Clayton literally is like at a massive crypto funds all these guys brian brooks went to binance us uh judge chris john carlo who's cftc is you know a digital dollar project and writing books
2: about uh crypto it kind of makes you wonder if maybe okx will give gary Gensler a job after this (laughs) don't we all wish that cz had (laughs) yeah it would have been we might have a very different climate right now. Um, uh, well,
0: I think the funniest tweet was I tweeted I tweeted at some point uh, I wish C kind of wish CZ had given Gary Gensler a job that idea and Bruce Fenton uh, you know who's been on Twitter Spaces with us a lot my friend he retweeted and said instead SBF and FTX did
2: yeah yeah unfortunately so that was uh, yeah well CZ lost as a result of that too you know don't 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 piss in your own house.
0: So you and i have talked about that actually these attacks that we see from platform to platform seem to always come back to bite the attacker in the ass right we all know at this point basically that sbf and ftx were involved in attacking luna right but crashing luna and their successful short doing so effectively ended up putting a humongous hole in ftx's balance sheet that led to all their problems your kind of point that you're making here loosely listen cz said listen we're selling all of our ftt uh, we don't necessarily trust FTX. Well, now they're under the regulatory spotlight somewhat as a result of all the government blowback against FTX is now hitting everyone. It's like being collateral damage in that explosion. Yeah, seems I mean, like everybody should stay to keep to themselves at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of this stuff with Binance was underway by the by the time all this uh, the FTX stuff crumbled. But he absolutely accelerated this uh, this process. Um, CZ by kind of, you know, denigrating FTX publicly by announcing that massive trade of FTT publicly and you know, behind the scenes, you know, as a journalist, you you tend to know a little bit more about what's going on sometimes. Well, you know, that that Binance um the the FTT balance sheet, the FTX balance sheet that was leaked, uh that that was offered to other people. You know, it wasn't just a Coindesk. Uh some some of us said go do your own dirty work to Binance, but um it was it was out there. Woo, that's quite a revelation, but
0: uh, and I'm not I'm not disparaging to CoinDesk, but I mean that's effectively proof that Binance at least had a vested interest in that attack against FTX SBF. I think it would have come out either way. Like to be fair, right? But they're they're basically sending it to publications and saying, here's the hit piece you need to take down SBF. Do you want it?
2: Specific, I don't know what specific document they were talking about, but uh, a member of Binance's team reached out to me and another per- person at Binance reached out to a member of my team saying, we have dirt on SPF. You need to look into this guy. Do you want us to send you the documents? I said, no, go do your own dirty work. It was done later.
0: Yeah. You and I had a lot of conversation about this uh, this weekend because I came to you. Now that I'm doing this Twitter spaces, I get like these inund- I get inundated with rumors and uh you know insiders telling me things so everyone knows then i had to call john i said how do you handle this stuff man i'm not an investigative journalist and basically we decided you just keep your mouth shut
2: <laughs> yeah unfortunately uh, a lot of what you hear in this industry is gossip and rumor and uh you know unless you can corroborate it with a with a, a reliable source you know generally i mean a block works for example we have a very simple rule we do not run one anonymous source stories we don't do Boindes it. Point desk does. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, that's their prerogative. It's their it's their media outlet. If they want to prove it. I'm not even hating,
0: but that's like their thing. Is the the one anonymous source is like most of their articles. And listen, they came they often come out to be true. Yeah, um, I mean, you
2: know, and, and to their credit, on that particular source, it was uh, you know, Ian Allison did a fantastic job of converting that into something of, of value. But uh but yeah, there's there, there's no there's no room in this industry, I think, for media companies to be turning around and saying, Hey, I heard this rumor from somebody, so I'm gonna I'm gonna write a headline that says unverified rumor, C Z is the subject of an Interpol Red notice.
0: Well, oh, so well that was it's brutal. A a, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, there's there's been so much irresponsible reporting in this industry, it's it's somewhat astounding. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that's true of all news everywhere. Now listen, I want to pivot to something. I didn't ask you about this, but this is from John Reed Stark, who used to be at the SEC. Basically, guys, I'll give you the TLDR. He's saying that DOJ enforcement action is coming against CZ and Binance. Binance and CZ just added a uniquely qualified criminal defense all-star lawyer to their legal team, George Caneos, former chief of the major crimes unit in the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York and former head of the SEC's New York office and former SEC enforcement co-director. Binance is clearly preparing for a criminal prosecution and continuing to hire the best defense attorneys in the world, but I doubt even Iron Man, Captain America, and Hulk could get Binance out from their current perilous legal quagmire. Now, John, I've uh, had him on Spaces as well. We've had some healthy debates. He is very, very, very critical of the crypto industry and very defensive of the SEC, as where he used to work. But it does seem like uh, we are heading in this direction.
2: Uh, (coughs) Speculation. Um, the end of the day, I mean, if if you're involved in in crypto as the head of an exchange right now, I'd be hiring every lawyer that would that would sign up for me, because the multiple investigations from the CFTC, the SEC, you know, you've got to start thinking about uh, anytime you may have broken an OFAC rule, anytime you may have engaged with a validator on Ethereum that, that had once run through tornado Cash. I mean, you've got so much at this point, and that's just in the US. And we've got to remember this is a global phenomenon. The US is not the only place for crypto. So, uh, yeah, I'd be hiring lawyers left, right, and center if I would CZ. I don't think there's a, a huge amount to be read into that. Um, yeah,
0: he's rich, and he's rich and he needs to be prepared for anything, right? I mean, the, the block, uh, who did not definitely take a whole shit ton of money from SBF, definitely not. Um, they have already, there's reporting Binance criminal indictment may already be filed under seal. And that's coming from a former SEC chief, which is John Reed Stark.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're reporting speculation from the from from John Reed Stark, which uh, which is fine. I mean, it's fair, you know, fair fair game, I guess, in the reporting business to report what somebody else is speculating. Um, but I don't think that adds anything to the conversation. It doesn't it? Doesn't prove anything.
0: So, listen. I want to talk now about Hinman because right before we went live, uh, I started getting, "Hey, the Hinman docs are out." You told me that what I have here, which was this, uh, I'll bring it up, but I showed it at the beginning this exhibit two ten. none of this is new, right? And largely a lot of this is still redacted. So you think that there's likely more coming? I mean, how are you guys, there's a perfect chance to talk about it, but how do you sort through this much documentation? I mean, this is short, but with all the exhibits, we're talking about thousands and thousands of pages of information, right? Right.
2: right. I, I believe there's a total of 350 documents, um, that will eventually be available. Um, when, when I joined the show just a little earlier, I think we were up to about 279 of those documents were available on Pacer. My team is going through them literally right now, even as we speak, and I'm, I'm keeping my slack up here in case I can see anything dropping. But, um, yeah, what you have there, I think is still some of the annotated or commented upon, uh, Google documents of the original speech from Hinman, which, uh, went, went out in June, 2018 and some of the, uh, other members of the SEC, were commenting, and you can see that on the right there, they were commenting specifically on his speech and saying, can you elaborate on this point? I thought you were gonna say more clearly that Ethereum was not a security. That does come up in these Google Docs. Um, but I think that there's, there's also some emails left to drop. Um, there, there are, as you say, thousands of pages, I think 2,200 or 2,500 pages of docs here. So even from my fastest breaking news reporters, uh, Casey and Catherine, this is a hell of a lot of information to go through to try and figure out where exactly is it that Stuart Aldertori, um, the uh, chief counsel for Ripple, is so excited about the release of these emails. And Ripple has been excited. They've been excited because they think there's something in here that's going to turn the, the court case in their favor.
0: Listen, I don't want to conjecture as to what that may be, but just broad strokes, what are the best and worst case scenarios of Hinman? So like, it was a huge... Thing that the judge even asked to have these released, right? Because a lot of people viewed it as the linchpin in this entire thing. But even if this is the most damning possible documentation of Hinman's speeches and beliefs, that doesn't mean all of a sudden XRP gets to not be a security and that every cryptocurrency is a commodity. And, right? I mean, (laughs) you've been hyperbolic about the effects of this.
2: There's definitely some caveats here. Um, Excuse me. First off, I think we've got to be careful because. When Judge Torres said that we could un- unseal these documents, they'd be made available to the public, she specifically said they, do, they are not related to an agency position, decision, or policy. So it may well be that these are still, and very much so in the, in the uh, kind of, the way that Pinman presented his speech, he said, these, these are my views. They do not necessarily represent the, the, uh, the views of the SEC. That was never the case. And so even though the SEC has kind of weighed in on that speech, it doesn't necessarily represent an agency position. So that's probably the worst case scenario for XRP. Um, the best case scenario, I would say, is if there was discussion that XRP at the time that the, this speech was written had achieved what they called sufficient decentralization. That was a term that came up for the first time in the Hinman speech. And it was basically him saying, look, over at uh, Although something may be a security when it's issued, there may be a point at which it has become sufficiently decentralized that it is no longer a security and so should be overseen basically by the CFTC uh, when, when spot traded by individual investors. And I think that's probably the best case for, for XRP is that it had achieved the same sufficient decentralization as Ethereum, which is what, they were, uh, what Hinman was talking about in that speech.
0: So there's a difference between the offering itself when it launched and what happened afterwards and secondary sales and what eventually ended up being the case for these a lot of people even point to the library credits case library where they said listen i mean this is a you know this is a unregistered security offering but secondary sales are not sales of securities
2: that i think would be the best case scenario for crypto right now i mean look it- I think everybody in the industry knows that there are certainly securities out there. There are t- lots of tokens where people have ordered, awarded themselves. So they pre. Much finish. Finish. Yeah, I mean they, they've and you know they've they've developed the uh, protocol, which is obviously reliant on the efforts of others. They've made an investment of money. They've satisfied the Howey test, but there are others that very clearly, I think, have decentralization as a core point of their of their philosophy, and that. Why, why we're treating decentralized networks in the same way as we treat centralized entities makes no sense whatsoever.
0: Yeah. I mean, I said this yesterday. Most all coins are probably securities. And I still think the SEC is acting in bad faith. And I believe the definition of security should not be based on legislation from World War II. See, it's easy to be rational, right? I yeah. actually do think most of these things are probably securities. But that actually begs the next question it's why is that bad, right? So it's the very, it's the very, terminology and the very way that this has now been positioned that security is the death knell for these things in a rational market there should have been a way to become a security that should have been a good thing because it could be traded everywhere and let's move on with our lives
2: well i think that you know one of the big differences between the traditional security and crypto is that crypto tokens actually make the network work you know you don't need stock in apple to make apple work but within, uh, within lots of these protocols, the tokens are there to secure the network. Um, they, they enable some kind of trading of value within that network. They enable smart contracts to work. They enable gas fees to be paid or whatever it may be. And so they're actually an innate part of the technology. It's not like, it's not like uh, stocks and bonds where you know, you've literally got uh, a piece of paper that says you're entitled to X. And that's pretty much it. You know, other than that, it doesn't, it, the company doesn't require these things to operate crypto does
0: yeah so they actually have utility crazy you know and And, and, you know if if you're going to just run a layer one without a token a lot of these things don't need tokens but you can't run a layer one protocol without a token you just can't you can't literally cannot now people can go down the rabbit hole of whether proof of stake itself is a security and all these things but you cannot secure a proof of stake blockchain to make it work without having a token
2: that's it and right, Eric, if that makes it a security, then there, there definitely is a, a real issue there with with definition and with the Howie Test simply needing to catch up with modern day life.
0: I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, but this was Garlinghouse yesterday. Someone tweeted at him, any thoughts ahead of the Hinman doc release? We are all appreciate, we are, are all appreciate a ripple. Okay, appreciative, I guess. Fighting for this important public disclosure. He said, wish I could go in depth now, but we've waited this long, 18 plus months. I don't want to overstep, suffice it to say that's their lawyer he tagged and i believe they were well worth the wait so clearly the optimism is there and they know what's in here they've seen it
2: absolutely yeah we're we're just waiting to find out what the emails themselves say i think uh sometime in the next around 11 eastern i think is when we're supposed to see the drop of the next batch of documents so we'll be watching out for that very carefully
0: flat smack your comment how hard is it to register a security well a, it's very difficult but b, in crypto it's impossible but john i'll let you answer
2: well i I'm not a lawyer, but I will say that you know when, when, when Gensler says come in and register, one of what he's actually talking about is filing in, uh, in a form called an S1, which is essentially a, uh, a form that allows you to become a, uh, an exchange dealing in securities. So right there, you've got this kind of circular reasoning whereby if you're saying, okay, I want to be an exchange that, that deals in securities, you're acknowledging that the assets in which you deal are securities themselves, which has not been ascertained by law. Which has not been prosecuted by the SEC, which has not even been alleged by the SEC until you get to these tangential court cases where they're saying, okay, you know, Coinbase, you're 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 running an unregistered securities exchange. And then Coinbase turns around and says, Well, which ones are securities? And it looks, you know, like what, what the SEC did was take a, a screenshot of the front page of the tradable assets on Coinbase and say, right, these these are all securities. And finally, actually, kind of interestingly in this last Coinbase um, uh, lawsuit, for the first time, the SEC actually went into some degree of detail as to why they say these particular assets are securities, and they got it wrong. You know, they misunderstood, for example, how Solana actually works. You know, they misunderstood the idea that burning a transaction fee is not the same as reducing the overall supply and the inflation. In you know, Solana is an inflationary asset. They described it as a deflationary asset. You know, the SEC has... has Look, look how hard it is for us. We sit in this industry day in, day out, all the time, surrounded by the tech. We, we, we have this process of osmosis by which we absorb everything that's going on. And I can't tell you a tenth of the tech that's now involved in in, uh, in DeFi and in layer one protocols. How the hell is the SEC supposed to understand that without you know really immersing themselves in that?
0: Right, but that's a slight defense of the SEC. Right, this technology has moved so fast, and and to, I've said that it's to be fair. Like you can't expect them to catch up. They don't have the resources. They don't have the people. And we launch nine thousand tokens a week.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can teach them how peep works though. So there's that. Yeah. So I, I
0: mean, listen, it, it's it's a quagmire. It's a shit show. But I think that it's important then to remember that just because we're seeing this shop and tactic by then doesn't mean they're going to win or they're going to be right. I mean, in your like, eh, not advice, but like in your instinct, do you think that this plays out horribly for the industry, that maybe we get something in the middle? Do you think this actually leads to some sort of clarity? Or are we talking about we get clarity in five years when Coinbase, you know, suit is finished?
2: Yeah, I mean, this was... <clears throat> always going to happen at some point it was going to be some kind of reckoning where you know the the laws that exist today meet an industry that doesn't really fit the laws that exist today and at that point action needs to be taken the question is who takes the action Gary Gensler has decided to take the action on himself and he is a regulator an unelected bureaucrat who has basically kind of given himself an outsized mandate to chase down and enforce regulation against uh, what he describes as securities, but this really does, and it go right back to the point you made at the beginning of the show, uh, Scott. This is the job of Congress to make sure that laws that um, that support technological innovation, that support economic innovation, and that support people who want to better themselves in life are there. We're supposed to be the land of the free. This is America. This is supposed to be the economic powerhouse of the world, and instead, what we're doing is as as was alleged yesterday, expatriating. Sending offshore our best people, our best ideas to go work at this point. Look, I'm a citizen of the UK as well. I'm a dual citizen, and um, I love the idea that you know London is being welcoming to A16Z, and all of a sudden everybody's over there saying, "Hey, look, let's go work in London." Well, you it's know, taking worse planes. I don't get it. <laughs> Times, I mean, yeah, the rain gets to your nerves, but but and they have a shitty football team in Arsenal. Sorry if anything's you know um but 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 i wouldn't want to go back to london i don't want to go back to london and i want to come to america because america is the country where there's the greatest opportunity and it's being shot down by gary gensler and all i want to see is congress step up i want them to see enact laws that uh, reflect what what's really going on in the world in terms of new technological innovations. i want them to to say here are the rules follow them and for gary gensler to listen
0: perfect man i don't want to take up any more of your time by the way For everyone, we've been trying to get John on Twitter Spaces, but somehow he got shadow banned and we literally can't search him to invite him. And when he tries to request, we can't get him on. The same thing was happening with Jeremy Kaufman. Do you know if you're still shadow banned? Because if not, I would love for you to join today.
2: I don't I don't think I am, but you know, if if Gary's listening to this and probably having a word in Elon's ear and (laughs) saying,
0: Whatever, but if you can join later, I would I would love to have you. I'm gonna okay. I have a couple more things to do here, uh, but I uh, would love to. I'll reconvene with you after and see if we can get you up there. That's
2: good, school. Thanks having So much,
0: John, for your perspective. Absolutely loved it. I right.
2: see
0: ya. So, guys, there's just one more uh, or two more little things that I want to discuss today because I caused quite a stir on the Twitter machine yesterday with a chart. This is the chart. I didn't actually post the chart, but we talked about it. This is Bitcoin dominance. Okay. I've talked about it a lot. I even put it in the newsletter yesterday saying, hey, if we break above, you know, the 49%, this range we've been in for two years, we want to see it come down because if not, Bitcoin dominance would go to 57%. And that can mean it's really bad for all coins. And then you guys probably saw the conversation that I had yesterday with Mike and Dave on Macro Monday, got me really thinking about Bitcoin dominance. And so then now I got to find the tweet man. Uh, I got to find it. But basically I tweeted yesterday, hey, I realized Bitcoin dominance is stupid. Cause a lot of controversy. There's people who are very passionate about Bitcoin dominance, but I'm going to tell you the reasons that I'm no longer going to be using it. First of all, in this very stream, uh, a few months ago, I had Korean Jew crypto. You guys might remember. And he said Bitcoin dominance is stupid unless you take out stable coins, right? So this is Bitcoin dominance. Now we got to find the tweet because it has all all the numbers. But let me I'll, I'll make the case for you really quick on why this matters. First of all, in previous cycles, when we looked at Bitcoin dominance, and you have to be comparing apples to apples, when we looked at Bitcoin dominance in the past, we were in a market that did not either did not have stable coins in one of those cycles, or stable coins were a couple billion dollars in the next cycle, right? And you have to remember back then, the reason that Bitcoin would dominate so much is because people would FOMO out of their altcoins and into Bitcoin. The only way to get out of the market was to sell your altcoins into Bitcoin, then Bitcoin into dollars if you chose, but a lot of people would stop at Bitcoin. So here, these are the metrics right now on the market, which we were talking about yesterday. Total market cap is about 1.05 trillion. Bitcoin and ETH, I don't really consider ETH an altcoin. I got a lot. Bitcoin Max, he's freaked the fuck out on me and told me, Ethereum altcoin now. Okay, non-Ethereum altcoins, but but 710 billion. Stablecoins are 126 billion. Everything else is 214 billion. That's 20% of the entire market. All coins not named Ethereum are only 20% of the entire market. Very, very small, nearly irrelevant. Like If they lose another 10% of market share, it wouldn't even matter dramatically. But When you consider the fact that we now have stable coins, even if you take out stable coins from that dominance and you do Bitcoin dominance minus stable coins, it's a bit disingenuous because that's like pretending stable coins aren't the main off ramp now and that Bitcoin is. And that's really not the case. And even more importantly, the thing I've told you the most times when talking about Bitcoin dominance, this is not a tradable asset. We're drawing lines of resistance and support. We're putting RSI on here and indicators. There's no traders. What causes support and resistance? Yes, it's a great visualization. It helps. It makes some sense. But what causes support and resistance? People putting orders and humans making decisions. We don't have that with Bitcoin dominance. So to really chart it, you already have to understand is a bit of a meme. So... I was discussing this on Twitter. People were pointing out, well, it finally broke above 49% this weekend. It broke key resistance when Matic and all of these dumped. My point was there, that's cool. Maybe it's coincidental. Maybe it's impactful. But Bitcoin dominance reacted to the dump of those altcoins. It didn't predict them. It's a lagging indicator that's a result of what happens in the market. It's not telling you what is going to happen in the market. So for me, I'm just not so into it right now. Right now. more Most importantly, if you are into it and it works for you and it fits your system in some way, shape, or form, have at it. My judgment of whether it's important or not should have nothing to do with you. If you have a way to use it and it's important to you, have at it. Great. Right? The only other chart I wanted to look at here was XRP, which, by the way, right into resistance, now terrible-looking daily candle for now. Clearly, uh, people buying into the Hinman hype uh, now already selling that off. But it is one of the clearer charts we have. You know, you have this very clear break of resistance, retest of that and the 50MA and this pump. But I wouldn't touch this under that 59 cents. If it does break above that, it should be looking at 91 cents. I think a lot of this is going to be dependent on what happens. True It's telling you that Bitcoin is holding up better than alts. That's right. Which we know because you can see the price action. And that's my point. So it's not that impactful for me because it seems kind of audience uh, obvious guys. That's all I've got for you today. Like I said, I'm going over to Twitter spaces momentarily. My schedule is a bit intense, um, but we have Warren Davidson. We have the hashtag fire Gary Gensler congressman coming to discuss the SEC stabilization act, why he proposed it, why he thinks Gary needs to go. And yeah, you just got to do it. It's on Mario Knopfel's account. But I have tweeted the link on my Twitter. Guys, I will be back, of course, tomorrow. I don't know if you notice, but we are kind of trying to change the format here a bit. You know, each day I really want to focus in on one really impactful thing like Gary Gensler, make a much more compelling and deep case about it, and then review a bit more of the news and talk to a guest about it. For me, that seems to be the best way but we have a lot of plans and ideas to uh, really get YouTube popping again, even in the midst of this bear market. So I appreciate that you guys always stick with me. Absolutely amazing community. You guys are the best. And I will see you back here again tomorrow. Peace. Let's go.
2: ¡Suscríbete